Indiana Bible College is committed to training tomorrow's apostolic ministers today. And this is the Indiana Bible College podcast. Today on the podcast, we're sitting down at the IBC booth at General Conference with Reverend Adam Hunley. Brother Hunley is the Regional Director of Eurasia and North Africa. We're so thankful for Brother Hunley taking the time out of a busy General Conference schedule to be at the booth and sit down and share his vision and burden for his field of responsibility. We had a great week at General Conference, and if you were by the booth, you probably caught a pop-up concert from Brother Draylen Young, and we also sat down, Dr. Lyndall Anderson and Brother Draylen Young, and had an interview at the booth. Brother Carl McLaughlin, president of North Texas Bible College, sat down with our own Brother Kilman, and also Brother Eugene Wilson sat down with our own Brother Chris Henderson. And these are all interviews from the booth that are coming to you over the coming weeks and months. So stay tuned for these interviews and more right here on the IBC Podcast. Right now, let's get right to Reverend Adam Hunley speaking about his burden and vision for the mission field. So, Brother Hunley, thank you for coming to the IBC booth here at General Conference and being with us. Thank you. It's a it's an honor. This well, is pretty cool. It's it's a Friday, so I know it's been a, a week for you and, and all of us, but thank you for your time. And we just want to get to know you and, and what you're up to. Now, tell us about your new field of responsibility. So, um, my wife and I, first of all, let me say thank you. It's, it's amazing to be here. Uh, Brother Brzezinski, thank you. Just this yes, opportunity sir. is great. I love IBC. Um, amazing influence by extension and ex- influence in my life and influence in our fellowship. Incredibly grateful for the school, uh, for the, the leadership, and uh, just, again, it's an honor to be connected. Um, about six months ago, uh, my wife and I were, were approached with the opportunity to lead uh, the Eurasia North Africa region, uh, what we call the ENA. And uh, about a year ago, the General Conference voted to multiply, change the structure of the Europe-Middle East region. And so there became a Europe region and a Eurasia-North Africa. And what that basically means uh, is we took the western three-fourths of the 1040 window. Somebody might be familiar with the 1040 window. That's the least evangelized, most impoverished kind of a window on the on the uh, the global map and the the western three quarters of that it goes about 5,000 miles from the Atlantic shores of Morocco to where Kazakhstan and China and Mongolia come together uh, it's an incredibly vast region almost entirely uh, of the Islamic faith although we do have some bastions of uh, obviously Judaism in the state of Israel. And then we also have two other Christian nations that vie for the title of the oldest Christian nation in the world. That's the Republic of Georgia and the Repu- Republic of Armenia. Uh, but besides those three, it's, it's a primarily Islamic region. Uh, 750 million people, three quarters of a billion people uh, live in this area. And arguably, uh, it's one of the least evangelized areas of the world. And so it's an incredible challenge, but yet amazing opportunities. Um, 
I, I could go on and on, but I, one thing I've, I've said is this, I, as we begin to look at the, the region and we, we said yes, and we're obviously quite honored, we, uh, I began to look at the Bible, actually, which, how novel to look at the Word of God for direction. Um, and I looked in the book of Acts chapter 2, and I went through the countries and the places that are mentioned in the book of Acts. And what I, what I discovered, I couldn't have planned this any better <laughs> for, for promotions, but 27 of the 30 nations within the Eurasian North Africa region were present on the day of Pentecost. And so what, what I felt like the Lord speaking to me is that the original region of Pentecost had been brought back together. And I believe that we're going to see a return to Pentecostal power, to apostolic authority, and that there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit as we choose to focus more intentionally on this area of the world that has been, you know, in the dark for, for a while. So. Yeah, you mentioned the challenges, which I think, as I was going to ask you, what are the greatest challenges? But, I mean, there's a lot of challenge. Indeed. The challenge is self-evident, but maybe a better question is, what are the opportunities? That, that's a, a, I love the way you frame it. Uh, the opportunities are, we've got areas of the world that are opening up. Um, I love the, in, in the Global Mission Service on Tuesday evening, they gave the example of the, uh, the communist state of Cuba, which because of COVID opened up internet. Um, that same idea of this opening up to the world uh, across the Middle East, nations are basically realizing that they, they can't live in the dark ages anymore. Um, now there are exceptions to that with there's always a battle with modernity going on. But for instance, uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, a few years ago, Saudi Arabia was arguably one of the most difficult places on the earth to get a visa to. You can now get visa on arrival to Saudi Arabia. Um, things like, you know, a few years ago, women couldn't leave the house, couldn't drive in Saudi Arabia. That's completely changed. Now, I know for us as Westerners, those sound like small things. But I believe those things are indicative of a broader attitude of opening to the outside world. And so what we do is we, we see those things through the lens of the Spirit, and we believe God is opening up opportunities and planting that openness to what initially might be just culture and information, but we're going we're gonna to use that for the glory of God. We're going to use that interest, that, that openness to find a place to share Jesus in a culturally appropriate, contextualized way that they can hear and understand. Uh, so to me, that's the greatest opportunity. Places that for the last 15th century, 15 centuries, if you step foot in those calling on the name of Jesus, you were in serious peril. It's changing. Wow, that's tremendous. Now, I, I just think to like Roman roads, you know, that's, that's, exactly. it transmits culture and maybe even some negative elements, but the early church was able to use those open roads in, in wonderful ways. Yeah, that's, that's a great parallel. Yeah, that's, that's a great parallel. Wonderful that those things are opening. Now, just in terms of what the body can do, uh, what kind of needs do you have for that field or what might you be looking for in terms of partnership or help? So another aspect, and I'll, I'll answer that kind of in a roundabout way, if that's okay. Um, I prayed and, and asked the Lord, you know, what, 
what do we need to focus on? And the Lord gave me three things. And uh, I was, I don't know, I was kind of stunned by their simplicity, but I, I really do feel that the Lord gave these to me. Number one, we're gonna preach. We're gonna preach using creative means uh, with an emphasis on creative means. Uh, these are not places where you can go and just have church as usual. Uh, the New Testament church had to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. They had to operate being spirit-led, but they preached. They shared Jesus. They shared his message. They shared it everywhere they went in everything they did. It was not cloistered. It was not in a corner. They used wisdom, but they preached. And so we're going to preach. The second thing is we're going to disciple. And discipleship, I believe, is far more than just teaching, although it certainly involves teaching. Discipleship must focus on teaching people and showing them that they can be used by God, be used in the gifts of the Spirit without having been through 10 years of training. Uh, if they have to wait 10 years, there's not enough pews in the Middle East for us to put them on. That's also not the New Testament way. The New Testament way is when, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can begin to operate and begin to be used by God. So we're going to preach, we're going to disciple with courage, in trying to instill courage and, and confidence in the power of God. And then finally, we're going to send. I have a strong, strong belief that sending is not primarily a North American thing. The global church has to become senders because God blesses people that give. And so whether that's financially or of sending people. And so we want to send believers who are Middle Eastern with the belief that God will go with them and go before them and that they will go to places where Western passport holders could never go with cultural understanding and nuance that Westerners could never have and with language skills that we could never learn even after decades, but we're going to... Eurasia North Africa is going to be a sending region, and, and we believe that God's going to enable us to impact not just our own region, which we want to see it full, but God's going to enable us to, to become a sending region around the world. So we're going to preach, we're going to disciple, and we're going to send using creative methods and using some maybe out-of-the-box ideas. Uh, the way that your listeners can be involved, I'm, I'm taking a long time, yeah, I'm please, sorry. Please. Uh, the way your listeners can be involved is you know, in the traditional ways of, of missions, prayer, prayer is primary. It's not, it's not a secondary afterthought. Uh, what we've discovered is that prayer can do things that nothing else can do. And so uh, if, you're, if you're listening to this, any of your listeners are interested, you need to know how to pray or what to pray. I would pray, send the, pray that God would send laborers. And if you're looking for country-specific things, uh, the Access Challenge Nations Initiative, which is not really our region. It's a separate thing. Uh, but the Access Challenge Nations Initiative produces prayer guides that cover most of the nations in the ENA. And what we do is when we travel to a place, my wife takes copious notes. She asks local people, sometimes not even believers, what would you want people to pray for your country? And it's amazing the doors that that opens and people share. So we incorporate that in those prayer guides. Prayer is primary. Uh, financial giving is, is essential. We, we can't do what we do without 
giving. And so what I would ask if, if there's a, a representative from, or a missionary from the ENA region who's, who's going into these places and they're near, nearby, please take them on as a partner. Please bless them. Uh, I know all of them personally and I can vouch for them. They are doing the work of the evangelist wherever they might be. And uh, finally, I don't know if I'm speaking directly to IBC or if I'm just speaking in general, but God is calling people to go in an unprecedented volume. There's a wave of courageous young people that God is calling to step into places that there's been tremendous fear associated with before. And, and if you're one of those people listening and you feel called, number one, talk to your pastor, talk to your spiritual leaders. And if they're okay with it, make sure you contact us. We, we want to help you. We've got specialized training programs. Uh, we want to take away as much of the unknown as we can and then send you to where God has called you to go. Wonderful. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. I've just felt the Lord when you're talking. I mean, leaning on the Spirit is, is so essential is what I hear you saying. And wow, hats off to you and your work. And in Jesus' name. We're tremendously honored to, to get to be part of it. It's like getting to live a dream and getting to see God do things that are above and beyond anything we could ask or even think. What an adventure. Thank you so much. Thank you it's for being a pleasure. here. God bless Thank you. you.